Hi, God bless. Hello, welcome to BlendCareerDisease.com. My name is Jazz, and I'm here to introduce Blend. Take it away. Well, thank you, Jazz. That was a very lovely introduction. Hey there, everybody. This is Blend from BlendCouragesYou.com, where we bring you the word of the Lord to encourage you to stay on the wall for the Lord. We are here with you, BCU family, on this episode number 68 of our podcast, and we thank God for that. Well, listen, BCU family, we are talking Nehemiah once again. And I tell you, every time he gets something done on that wall, here comes the enemy again and again. Let's talk about that. So go ahead and take this opportunity to get your notebooks, get your Bibles, something to write with, a snack, and settle on in. Blaine Courage's You is coming to you with the enemy strikes back. That's what's coming up next. All right, BCU family, we are back with our Nehemiah series, everybody, where we have talked about all sorts of things. We're in Nehemiah chapter 6 right now. Let me catch you up with what we've talked about so far. So in chapter 1 and 2, we talked about the uh, importance of overcoming people approval. Um, In chapter number 3, we talked about the importance of gates and also what kind of worker you are. And going into chapter four, we talked about what to do when you're attacked on the wall, when you're weary on the wall, and getting back to work on the wall. In chapter five, we talked about the enemy within. Sometimes our own enemies are people that we know and love and how to take care of that. And we also talked about how to confront that enemy so that God is glorified. We also learn how to lead or govern people versus bossing and managing them. And finally, the last time we were together, we talked about how Nehemiah confronted or had been confronted rather by his arch enemies, Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem. And um, he's about to face yet another attack. And this is pretty much how things work in our lives as well. So let's take a look at what's happening now. All right, BCU family, so we are in Nehemiah chapter six. And what we're gonna do is start around verse number five. Let me get the scene set up for you so that you know what is going on. So Sambala and Tobiah tried to lure Nehemiah off the wall under the auspice of wanting to have a meetup in this desolate place called Ono. So Nehemiah cited that he was doing a great work and he would not come down off the wall. This wicked duo, Sambala and Tobiah, they tried to wear Nehemiah down by coming after him four times and asking him for this meetup. Nehemiah was consistent and stayed on the wall the entire time. What's interesting about this is that, um, and I'm gonna go to Luke chapter four, verse 13, just for a moment. And this is talking about after Jesus had been tempted by the enemy, Luke writes, and when the devil had ended all temptation, he departed from Jesus for a season. And it's important to know, this is an important point that 
when the enemy does go away, as we, as we resist him, he will flee. He's going to flee for a season, and he's going to come back, BCU family. So apparently, it was open season on Nehemiah because now Sam Bala and Tobiah, they are back for a fifth time. So that brings us to Nehemiah chapter 6, verse number 5. Then Sanballat sent his servant unto me, and that's Nehemiah, in like manner the fifth time with an open letter in his hand, wherein it was written, it is reported among the heathen, and Gashmun says it, that thou and the Jews think to rebel, for which cause thou buildest the wall, that thou may be their king according to these words. And thou hast also appointed prophets to preach of thee at Jerusalem, saying, There is a king in Judah, and now it shall be reported to the king according to these words. Come now, therefore, and let us take counsel together. So let's take a look at what all of this means. So let's just break down what happened in verses 5 through 8. So basically, this messenger says, Nehemiah, I've got this letter, and this is a public accusation with a report that's backed up by a leader, Gashmu, which is Geshem, that you, Nehemiah, and your team are rebelling, and you want to be the king. Further, you have appointed prophets to pump you up, Nehemiah, as a new king, and you don't want this to get back to the current king. Come on down here because we need to talk. Now, for most of us BCU family, it's one thing when we are, when we are accused privately like Nehemiah was in the beginning of chapter 6. That's one thing. It's quite another thing when your name is being dragged through the mud and you're named as the leader of a plot to overthrow the king. Now at that time, and probably in current times, depending on where you live in the world, any governmental coup that you are planning and someone gets a hold of that information, it's punishable by death. And not just by death of you, perhaps your family member and those closest to you. And all of this that Nehemiah was being accused of was based on a big lie. Now, let's be honest. How many of us would have marched off that wall to answer these charges so that these false accusations would not have gotten back to the king? Yeah, me too. I most likely would have done it myself. The thing is, with Nehemiah, he kept cool, BCU family. He kept cool, and he actually walked out Matthew 10, 16, that says, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And listen to this response from Nehemiah in verse number 8. Then I sent unto him, saying, There are no such things done 
as thou says, but thou feignest or is making them up out of thine own heart. Now, BCU family, what I love about Nehemiah's responses is that he could have broken down, started crying or getting angry or emotional, gotten into his feelings and explained to this messenger how he, meaning Nehemiah, had consulted the Lord. He had the king's permission. He prayed. He knew he was on the right track. Look at the wall. Look at everything that's been done. I've never taken any money as the governor, etc., and so on. Rather, what Nehemiah did with the help of the Lord was chosen to just simply say, you're making this all up, liar. Then, Nehemiah talked to the Lord to get some extra strength. So in verse 9, Nehemiah said, you know what? They made us all afraid. They meaning Sanballat, Tobiah, and all of his crew. And they made them afraid by saying, you know what? Your hands are going to be weakened from the work or it's going to stop the work that it not be done. Nehemiah simply asked the Lord, now therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. So Nehemiah survives that attack. Again, the second one, or really actually I should say the fifth one, second time, to come up against another sneak attack. Listen to this. So Nehemiah chapter 6 verse 10, that's where we are now. And it reads, afterward, I came into the house of Shemaiah, the son of Delaiah, the son of Mathiabil, who was shut up. And he said, let us meet together in the house of God within the temple and let us shut the doors of the temple for they will come slay thee. Yea, in the night they will come to slay thee. So BCU family, I've got to stop right here because, uh, and, and, and let's make sure that we understand exactly what is going on. So BCU family, this man, Shemaiah, it says uh, in verse 10 that he was shut up. And what that means is, is that he was on what we would call the sick and the shut in list. All right. So he's at home on bed rest or whatever the case may be. Nehemiah goes by to see about him. Only to hear, now this man is on his bed of affliction, and this man, Shemaiah, says, you know what, we both need to run to the temple because there is a hit out for us. They're coming to get both of us. Yeah, insert confused face right here. <laughs> so Nehemiah immediately recognized the, that this shut-in person was hired can you believe it? Sam Ballot, Tobiah, and all of those guys hired this man to frighten Nehemiah into fleeing into the temple to save his life. Now, at that time, BCU family, only priests were allowed in the temple. So if word got out about Nehemiah running into an, an, an unauthorized holy place because of fear, and really it was an empty threat, Nehemiah's stellar reputation and all he had done on the wall would have gone up in smoke. 
Yes, it would have. Obviously, this wall was a real threat to the enemy because Team Tobiah had gotten other prophets to try to scare Nehemiah as well. And that's pretty much what verses 11, 12, 13, and 14 tell us. So very quickly, Nehemiah says, you know, why should such a man as I flee? You know, I'm not supposed to go into the temple to save my life. I will not go in. That's verse number 11. And then verse number 12 says that uh, Nehemiah perceived that, you know, God had not sent Shemaiah at all. But this prophecy against him was because of this hiring and that it was done so that Nehemiah would be afraid and that these people, Sambala and Tobiah, would have matter for an evil report that they may reproach him. That's verse number 13. And then um, verse number 14 just says, you know what, my God, please remember Tobiah and Sanballat according to their works. And he also named the prophetess Noadiah. They got some women in here too. And the rest of the prophets that would have, that would have put me in fear. Nehemiah's trust was in God. So therefore, he was not easily frightened off of his work. And we're going to talk about that in just a bit. Let's see if we can finish up Nehemiah chapter 6. All right, everybody, you heard that fanfare. That signals good news. Verse number 15 of Nehemiah chapter 6 says, So the wall was finished. Yes, in the 20 and 5th day of the month of Elu, in 52 days. So in less than two months, the wall was rebuilt. And there's more good news. Verse 16 says, And it came to pass that when our enemies heard thereof and the heathen that were about us saw these things they were much cast down in their own eyes for they perceived that this work was wrought of God that just lets us to know that no matter what enemy comes up against us if God has ordained something to happen it is going to happen Verse number 17 says, Moreover, in those days, the nobles of Judah sent many letters unto Tobiah, and the letters of Tobiah came unto them. For there were many in Judah that were sworn to him, because he was the son-in-law of Shechaniah, the son of Ara, the son of Jehoanan, and he had taken the daughter of Meshulam, the son of Bechariah. And all that means is, is that, you know what? They're all family, and there was some allegiance that was pledged to Tobiah. And believe it or not, in verse number 19, as we close out Nehemiah chapter 6, that all of these people that I just named, they reported Nehemiah's good deeds unto Tobiah, and anything that Nehemiah said went to Tobiah, and Tobiah sent letters to Nehemiah to put him in fear. So even though the wall was built and the work was done, Tobiah was still behind the scenes trying to intimidate Nehemiah, and the family of Tobiah was trying to help him. Nonetheless, the wall is rebuilt. Praise our God. 
So as this chapter comes to a glorious close, what can we apply to our lives? So number one, the enemy only goes away for a season, and we have to recognize that. It's not a pleasant thought. It is reality. So what God wants us to do with his help is to be prepared by staying tuned into him. And we can do that by prayer, fasting, reading and memorizing the word of God, hiding that in our hearts, and also recognizing and listening to God's voice on how best to deal with an attack. And we want to do so so that we are living and walking in the spirit versus reacting or walking in the flesh. And you can check out Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 26 for more on that. Number two is, is that we are called to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might when it comes to our assignment so that we are not easily swayed, hurt, worried, or we act in haste when an accusation or an attack comes along. Also, we do not need to justify to people in any detail what God has called us to do unless God says otherwise. See Ephesians 6 and 10 and Nehemiah 6 and 3. And finally, fear, whether it's real or perceived, is a tactic that the enemy likes to use to neutralize, distract, and eventually stop us from our divine assignment. Since God does not give us the spirit of fear, that's in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, we need to ask God to rebuke it and with his grace to carry our assignment to completion in the name of Jesus. And you can see Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 for a scripture to hide in your heart on that. Amen? Amen. Well, BCU family, through it all, everything that happened in Nehemiah chapters 1 through 6, the assignment that God gave Nehemiah is finally completed. I am telling you, does this encourage your heart? I know I am encouraged as well. So for the remaining chapters of Nehemiah, there are some details to attend to. So we're going to just pick through and see some of the things that are important. We'll do some highlighting uh, for the rest of those chapters. So please stay tuned for our next podcast and post. In the meantime, we would love to hear what you took away from this study. So please leave a comment in the designated section below. Also, if you have not subscribed to the BlendCouragesYou.com site, please do so. It's absolutely free of charge and it is a good place to get encouragement, inspiration, and information based on the Word of God. Also, you can see what we're up to on the Daily BCU family. So go ahead and like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, and we are also now on YouTube. You can also listen in and subscribe to the podcast on Stitcher Radio, 
Google Play, and on iTunes. So whatever your preference is to get to BlendCouragesYou.com, you've got several avenues. To close out the podcast, I actually have a friend here that wants to help me do that. So I am going to let him do just that. Hi, my name is Peanut. Thanks for listening. God bless you. Keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Give you peace as you stay on the wall.